What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 99, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I did not prepare an intro for myself. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller. And I know he was absolutely flabbergasted by what went on at the end of the Chicago Blackhawks game last night. Frank, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. This is our last show in February. Hard to believe that we're almost in March. I'm doing fantastic. This is our last show in February because, of course, our next show will come on March the 1st. It will be our trade deadline special, and it will also be the 100th episode of Bar Down Talking Hockey. We have had some massive, massive rides. I'm trying to find out when I was on for the first time. I always forget. We started in April of 21. Was it episode 29? It was somewhere along that line, right? Because I've been on over a year. I know that. Been on over a year. We started in April of 21. So then I think by, were you not full time by September of 21? I don't know. September or October, November. It was when NHL came out. For some reason. Yeah, you're right. It was when NHL 22 came out. For some reason, 29 sticking out in my head because I don't think it was 39. I was well yeah. in the I was in the thirties for sure. I was already on. Yeah, well you figure there's roughly four a month. April eight or April four. Or we'll say May four. June four. That's eight. I don't know. I'm not good at math. At Somebody all. in the chat, figure it out. And let me figure it out. Figure it out. It's not figure that hard. Just go to episode twenty nine of Bardown. If I'm not there, go to thirty. Well you were you were a guest. Does that count? No, I want to know like when I officially. I think I was a guest on the twenty eighth episode. Okay, that would I make. Sense. I, I don't know. It's 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 not that hard to figure out. Somebody watching, go ahead, do it, and then let me know. Yeah, and if nobody comes through, I'll figure it out. Because I want to know my anniversary. I would. Yeah, I would like to have that for. Uh, I would like to have that for episode one hundred too. We're working on a couple special guests for episode 100 obviously it kind of lines up kind of stinky in terms of the fact that it could be our busiest show of the year like in terms of content because of the fact that in the trade deadlines two days later and you know there are going to be there's going to be at least one moderately big trade every single day next week and it, like it wouldn't shock me if there was one right now we've already had three or four massive ones and, you know, we're going to get to those in period number two. But, you know, we're going to find a way to celebrate. You know, we're going to make it work. It's episode 100. Bar down is important to both of us. Um, this is my baby, right? Like, this is my first ever podcast that I ever did. Like, that was mine. I've been guests on other shows, 
like shout out to my friend Dion, who I used to work at Panera with EC sports. I was a special guest. I was their hockey guy that they brought in once a month, but that wasn't my podcast. That was mm-hmm. theirs. And I was the hockey guy. Uh, it was called inside the penalty box with Vinny P. That was the name of the segment. I used to have to go to Anthony's house every other or every four. That. It was every four Tuesdays. I had to go to Anthony's mm-hmm. house. And it was we had uh, the cool basement, right? Yeah, the sick basement. Yeah, I remember yeah. you telling me. Yeah. That. And so it was that was really fun. That was my first ever experience, like talking virtually on live uh, Internet programming, EC Sports with uh, inside the penalty box with Vinny P. That was the name of the second because those two guys didn't know jack shit about hockey. And it was was inspired by it was inspired by um, what's his name? Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper went on Saturday Night Live and was the basketball guy, but he filled Mm -hmm. in for. Uh, I'm trying Laszlo Holmes. He filled in for the hockey, and he that's what's up, as they say in hockey. Let's do that hockey. So I would go in and be like the actual hockey guy, and Dion would just sit there the whole time. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, uh, Tommy wants to know you worked at Panera for about eight years, right? Yeah, it was actually about eight years and three months. And I am very, very proud of it. I bring it up quite frequently, but yeah, inside the penalty box with Vinny P. That was my first ever thing. But, you know, bar down kind of came from that and my experience doing that. So, you know, I'm happy of all the people that have helped me build it along the way. You, Frank, obviously. Uh, Joey Parisi, one of the original co-hosts of the show. Um, Aldo, of course. Aldo Gandia, the Barroom Network's barkeeper. Um, We're going to get to all that next week on episode 100. So make sure you tune in. Frank. What comes before 100? 99. 99, the greatest player in the history of the National Hockey League, war number 99, and we are going to dedicate an entire period to him. I present to you the Wayne Gretzky period, period number one. Frank, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. Neither of us remember watching him play, I assume, because if I don't, you certainly don't. Aldo wants, you know, to chime in. He put a comment right away as we start uh, period number one, the Wayne Gretzky period. This is our first ever Wayne Gretzky period of Bard on Talking Hockey. We haven't talked about Wayne Gretzky as much as we probably should have on this show. Aldo says, when 99 was traded from the Oilers, who had won four of the five previous Stanley Cups to the Kings, Oilers fans burned on effigy of the owner of the Canadian politicians, and Canadian politicians tried to block the trade. That is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like if a player of Wayne Gretzky's magnitude in any sport got traded. But, you know, we'll get to the trade in a second. I actually had that as the second bullet point. First, a real quick yes or no with maybe a little bit of explanation. Will the NHL ever retire a number league-wide ever again? 99. For those who don't know, 99 cannot be worn by any team in the NHL. It is retired league-wide in honor of the great one. Hold on. I just want before I touch on that, thank you, Katie. Frank's first episode was episode 30 on October 20th, 2021. So episode 29, I was the guest. I knew 29 stuck out for some reason. So 29 was the guest. Katie, let's go. So the 100th episode will also be my 70th episode. I like that. We're on even. I like being on an even number. That is fair. Subtract 30 from whatever app we're on. So, yeah, 29 
was when I, I came on to talk about NHL, which is about right. First yeah. part of October, October 13th. Uh, yeah. And like when you think about it, like lining up 30 episodes from April of 2021 to like, you know, when you joined later in um, October, that just lines it up so perfectly. So, so you know, yeah. we're, we're happy to have you on, Frank. You've been on longer, way, way longer than you weren't. So congratulations to you. Thank you, Katie, for figuring that out. I'll always remember to subtract 30. Now, to answer your question, will a number be retired league-wide in the NHL ever again? My answer is there's only one of two ways that that ever happens. And because I'll never say never really on anything, right? First thing is, is either something drastic in a groundbreaking way or tragic way would have to happen that something like that would ever happen that would change the NHL forever. That's the first possible way. The second possible way would be there'd have to be a new all time point score in the NHL. If something of that magnitude were to ever happen, they would have to almost no doubtedly retire that person's number. I agree. I wouldn't shock me. And this is just because of like a rare instance. There's really not another example of this in any other sport that I can think of. If someone's smarter than me, well, everyone in the chat's smarter than me. But if someone like more knowledgeable on this topic than me wants to chime in in the chat, I don't believe there has ever been a greater player to play for more teams than Yaramir Yager. Okay, Yager played for like eight teams, and he's the NHL's second all-time leading yep. scorer. How one team didn't just retain him for 10-plus years, I have no freaking idea. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers are probably his two most prominent teams. That Well, the Penguins are certainly the most prominent because he played with Matteo and, you know, won two Stanley Cups. But, like, he was a 50-goal man with the Rangers. He was a 50-goal man with the Capitals. Uh, he had 70-something points in his 40s with the Devils. He went to the Stanley Cup Final with the Bruins. He was a great player with the Dallas Stars. He ended in Calgary. Um, there's a team. Oh, he played for Florida in between the Devils and Calgary, you know, the final stint he had in Calgary. You know, the man – so if they uh, retired 68 league-wide simply because what one team honors Yager, you really – I mean, I guess the Penguins – but, like, the fact that Yager was just so all over the place, despite being the NHL's second all-time leading scorer, that is a guy that comes to mind for me. But I'm honestly with you. I don't think they're going to do that for Yager. And if they did, it wouldn't shock me. But, like, my prediction is they won't. And someone breaking Gretzky's points record. Like, you know my stance on the goal record. I know Alexander Ovechkin is over in Russia mourning the loss of his father right now and we'll say a nice thing about his dad in the second period but you know i do believe he will break with relative ease gretzky's goal record he only needs 80 more he could have moderately okay 20 goal seasons for the next four years and still break it but points wayne gretzky has more assists than anyone else has points no one's breaking that and if someone does they retire his number i completely agree or something groundbreaking or tragic were to happen i think that that would also yeah, well, they didn't retire Willie O'Ree's number league-wide, like MLB, like Major League Baseball did with Jackie Robinson's number. Obviously, for those who don't know, Willie O'Ree's the first black player in the history of the NHL, played with the Boston Bruins. The thing is, Jackie Robinson was an elite player. Willie O'Ree was not. He's in the Hall of Fame as a builder. Jackie Robinson is in the Hall of Fame as a player. So that's why I think Willie O'Ree, you know, 
as groundbreaking and outstanding of a human as he is, still a top representative of the league right now. Guys appearing at the Bruins game once a week, it feels like. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think 99 is probably it. And, you know, the NBA, when Kobe Bryant died, they didn't retire 24 or 8 league-wide. The Lakers did, but they were going to do that anyway because he was so great. Um, the NBA has not retired Michael Jordan's number league-wide, right? LeBron James wears 23 right now. It's tough. It's very tough to get something like that retired league-wide. So because this kind of leads me to this question, I didn't write it down or anything. I'm going to kind of put it on the spot, but I'm enjoying this Gretzky conversation. Wayne Gretzky, in my opinion, is the st- great – and everyone knows my love for Tom Brady. I, I think he's the greatest winner who ever lived in any sport. Wayne Gretzky is the most statistically dominant team sport athlete in the history of the world. He – like LeBron James just broke the NBA's all-time points record, right? Tom Brady leads in passing yards and passing touchdowns, but he just broke Drew Brees, and Tom had to play an extra couple years to be in that. Like, Tom Brady's the greatest winner. He wasn't the stat machine all the time, like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and even guys like Phil Rivers and guys like that who were just putting up mega yards every year. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan's not the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Um, Tom Brady, he won't be the NBA's passing yard leader forever. Patrick Mahomes might break it with ease. And even lesser guys like Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar, not Lamar Jackson, J- Trevor Lawrence, those guys could beat that record. Nobody is touching Wayne Kretzky's points. And the fact that Yager, the NHL's second all-time leading scorer, has less points than Gretzky does assists. You can delete every goal Wayne Gretzky ever yeah. scored, and he would still be the NHL's all-time leading scorer. That is the most mind-blowing stat in the history of sports, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Not to mention, like we talk about how Yager's, I think he's like roughly 900 points behind um, Gretzky yeah. in the career that he had. You had Gretzky had four NHL seasons with 200 points or more. And he had four additional with at least 150 or more. So if people are saying, well, does McDavid have a chance? McDavid has never had a point total better than 123 in a season. And at in uh, McDavid's been in the league. This is his eighth year. Gretzky, through his first eight years, seven of the first eight seasons of his career had 150 or more points. So that right there tells you how just hard it is and how unreachable it truly is to get there. And it'll just, it'll never be done. What you just said made me respect McDavid even more. I will say this because McDavid has similar numbers, not like, you know, not 200 points, but 123 points is a lot, right? I I bet 123 points would have been second in scoring in the Gretzky years, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, but McDavid's doing it when he's got to face Andre Vasilevsky and, you know, Carey Price for some of his career. He even battled against Lundqvist early on. You know, Hellebuck, you know, he's got Markstrom in his division. And these goalies are incredible these days. They weren't as incredible in the first half of Wayne Gretzky's career. I do stand by that. It is a different game. It was collecting points was a little bit different back in the day. Um, it's different now. I do think both Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid will make that phrase go away. They'll make that phrase, Gretzky has more assists than anyone else has points. They will make that go away because Yager came close. 
Yager's mm-hmm. only like 60 points shy of Gretzky's assist total. So I do think McDavid, McDavid just got his 800th point yesterday. McDavid, 27 years old, he's got 800 points. He'll, he will have 1,000 points with time to spare before he turns 30. Uh, that is absolutely unbelievable. Is he 20? No, he's not 27. Is McDavid like 25, 26? Actually, he's not 25. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. He's 26. I think he's 26. Okay, and he's got 800 points. By 29, he'll have 1,100 points. Because this is his eighth year, and I think he came into the league when he was 19. Uh, yeah, maybe he's turning 27 this year. I think. Yeah, which. Again, by the time he turns 30, he'll probably have 11, 1,200 points. And I do think he eclipses 2,000 points in his career. Um, I think Crosby will come close if he doesn't do it himself. So those guys absolutely off the hook. But Wayne Gretzky, he wasn't like – and I didn't watch him play live. But I've watched so many highlights, and I, I, I feel like I know the history of the NHL fairly well, especially, you know, from 1980 on. You know, I'm not, I don't care about Buddy Malone from 1920 or, like, Chip, Chip Ellen Cox from fucking 1920. Th- those guys, I don't care. 1980 on, Wayne Gretzky, he thought the game just different than everybody else. He would go behind the net, and if he found his way behind the net unmanned, it was almost a sure goal for someone else on the Oilers or Rangers or Kings. I forgot people. I, I forget about the Kings sometimes, but I don't know. Like, just he was so good, and he deserves a full on period when someone reaches episode ninety nine of their hockey show. Yeah, I mean for sure, absolutely. Um. I'm trying to – I don't even remember. Will there ever be – I don't know what I wrote. Oh, forget that. Oh, the Gretzky trade. That's what it is. I have a little bit of sloppy handwriting there on my part. Um, will there ever be a trade like that ever again? And for those who don't know, Aldo pointed it out in the chat when we first started talking about Wayno. Wayne Gretzky was traded in the middle of his prime. He's probably the greatest player to ever be traded in their prime. Um, it would be like if LeBron James was traded in 2013. It would be like if Tom Brady was traded in 2000, well, 13. Uh, you know, like those guys in their prime. When Tom Brady left in free agency, it was the biggest deal ever. When LeBron James went to the Miami Heat and then the return, that was the biggest deal ever. Wayne Gretzky was forced out. <laughs> Tom says, I take issue with your attitude towards Chip Ellencott. I made that up. If that's a real person, then credit credit to me. Oh my God. Credit to me if that's a real person. I don't think it is. Um, do you think there will ever be a trade like that ever again? My sheet says, will there ever be a move like that ever again? I couldn't um, read it. Are we talking about like the Gretzky to the or, uh, to the Kings from the Yeah, Oilers, from the, the Oilers. Yeah. Okay, so After yeah. winning four Stanley Cups in the last five let's, years. Let's break it down a little bit for people who don't know the trade. So the Oilers traded Wayne Gretzky, Marty McSorley, and Mike Krusielniski to the Kings in exchange for Jimmy Carson, Martin Galinas, and three first-round draft picks, which it was a 1988 first-rounder. 1991 first rounder and a 1993 first rounder along with 15 million dollars 
the way I stand on it, and something we always talk about is no one's untradeable. So I would imagine that maybe something like that happens eventually. I don't think we're near it right now in this era, this golden era of the NHL. We're not near that at this point, but I think there is a point where something like that could um, happen very easily, potentially. I mean, you look at the Oilers, if they're struggling, do they trade McDavid in three years? If they just continually can't find ways to win? I wouldn't if it was me, um, because I, to me, he's not the problem. And I know you'd get a ton for him, but we know how good he is and how good he is in the playoff that you just build around a guy like that. So if it's McDavid, if it's up to me, I would not. But I do think that it's going to happen at some point. And there even might be somebody in the, who's not in the NHL today. Somebody five years from now who's not even on like the draft market that turns out to be that player who's traded like that down the line. I think there's always got to be consideration involved. The Oilers always have to keep it up for consideration. It's just ultimately, will they pull the trigger or not? We're not at that point in the NHL today. But I do think it's very possible that it will happen again in our lives. I agree. I actually do think there's a chance McDavid is traded at some point in his career. I do. Even, th- I, I think not now, but eventually there's an opportunity. There's a chance. And he plays for the Oilers, right? I, I'm not sure they would trade him to the Kings, even though the Kings are starting to open their competitive window. I saw a tweet from my friend. He's actually been on the show with you and I, um, Russell. He's the Kings guy. The Kings are the same amount of points through 58 games as they were last year, and they ended up with 99 points. And they kind of had like an okay end of the season. Like I think this year they probably eclipse 100 points, um, but barely. The Oilers trading McDavid to the Kings, it would like make sense in like three years. But I don't know. And it doesn't even have to be McDavid. Like Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is up after next year. Do the Leafs trade Austin Matthews if they're a bubble team next year and, you know, the Coyotes are lurking or, like, you know, whoever wins Connor Bedard? Like, no, go ahead. I like there are options for Austin Matthews to be traded over the next handful of years. I don't think, and I'm not trying to be biased or anything, I don't think Jack Hughes is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I don't think Kale McCarr is going anywhere anytime soon. But, like, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. I don't think Nathan McKinnon's going anywhere anytime soon either. I'm naming like some of the best players in the league. Um, I don't know. And none of those guys, McDavid and Matthews are really the only ones that like carry like the best player in the league type burden as a Wayne Gretzky. I I don't even know if I can think of one in another league that is like possible to happen. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trade from Bucks to Lakers. I I didn't realize that either. And, you know, I know Giannis Antetokounmpo plays for the Bucks right now. Could I see them trading him one day? Maybe. I think it happens more often in the NHL. Or not less often in the NHL. Like in the NBA, I feel like top guys are getting traded all the time. Kevin Durant left. Did you see the trade deadline this year? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like when it happens in the NBA, it's not as surprising. Like LeBron's, trust me, LeBron will not be on the Lakers either next year or the year after. And it's going to be like, is that a big trade? I mean, he's not going to finish his career with the Lakers. He already said he wants to go play with Bronny if it's not on the Lakers. That's what I was going to say. So, I mean, we know it's coming. He's not finishing his career on the Lakers unless Bronny goes to the Lakers. So, does Anthony Kumpo stay? I mean, 
we Chris Paul or not Chris Paul. Kevin Durant just left. Kyrie Irving just left. Those are like Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the league. Is Curry going to finish his career with the Warriors? I don't know. Curry's probably the best player. Oh, and Antetokounmpo. They're the two best players in the league that have never moved teams. Yeah. LeBron James has been on three teams. Like Wayne Gretzky was on four. People forget about the short half a season he spent with the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, but like in the NHL, we have a week and a half left till the trade deadline. The trade deadline is next Friday. It is literally a week and a half from today. Mm-hmm. And like there have been a couple moves, a couple big moves. But like in the NBA, Durant's going to this team for three first round picks. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you know, this team's trading their first round pick uh, in three years from time. now. Like they're shopping the next three first round picks where NHL teams are like reluctant to give up one. Yeah. The Hawks, the way they got three first round picks last year after entering trade deadline or draft day with none is like one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. And people should be kissing Kyle Davidson shoes. And I can't wait to see what he's able to muster up at this trade deadline and at the draft this year too. You know, I'm a devil's fan, but I'm a Chicago native too. And I'm excited to see what they end up doing it with stuff like that. But it just really doesn't happen. The devils haven't traded their first round pick till they, since they traded it on draft day in 2013 for Corey Schneider. They traded it to the Vancouver Canucks for Corey Schneider. Uh, the Canucks came to the podium and took Bo Horvat, who they traded to freaking the Islanders a couple weeks ago, who are run by Lou Lamorello, who traded that pick for Bo Horvat all those years ago. Like it was, It's honestly like a weird little yeah. poetry story there, but I don't know. The, the Gretzky trade is like it's off the hook when you think about it happening. Otani? Otani could get traded this year. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, and the Angels are going, I could see Otani getting traded. That I could see. He was almost traded last year. There were a lot of people that believe he was very much on the block last year, but he had that extra year, so the Angels didn't take less than they felt they could get for him. It's very unclear, though. Like, there's, It's very unclear what level you consider is uh, like an elite guy getting or like leaving, like Max Scherzer going to the the Mets and like do you consider that like massive like huge I considered it more massive when he left Detroit for Washington because he was still like in the true prime of his career so you're talking like the truest of primes the truest of primes between like like if Josh Allen were to get traded see yes yes it would be shocking it would be huge but I'm like Gretzky and Josh Allen aren't even in the same stratosphere. Well, I'm, yeah, like I'm just talking name. about like best quarterbacks in the third sport yeah. now and stuff like that. I would say, right I, yeah, I would say Gretzky getting traded in his prime is the equivalent of if Patrick Mahomes were traded. After, like, let's say he wins one more Super Bowl and then gets traded the following year. That is what it would be like for me. Like Joe Thornton was traded in a year he won the Hart Trophy. Like, that is one of the most bizarre things I think to ever happen in pro sports. Like, Joe Thornton spent the first half of the season with the Bruins. They traded him to the Sharks, and then he won the Hart Trophy that year. Like, that, he played for two teams and won the Hart Trophy. But, like, you can't even argue the Oilers lost the trade. They won the Cup the year after Gretzky left, and he didn't win shit with the Kings, Blues, or Rangers. What do you think about the Shea Weber trade with P.K. Subban? That was a trade... That was very, like, wow. That was shocking. And I think what made that shocking is, like, three huge things happened in a span of 15 minutes that day. 
Uh, Weber was traded to Nashville for Subban. Steven Stamkos re-signed with Tampa Bay, even though we all thought he was going to the Leafs. And the Devils traded Adam Larson to Edmonton for Taylor Hall. All three of those things happened within like a 15-minute span. That was like the NHL being put in a black hole, spun up, and then spit out, which was honestly really, really cool. We haven't had quite a 15-minute stretch like that, which I wasn't writing about the league at the time. I think if something like that were to happen in today, I would freak out. Um, He puts in the chat Reggie White from the Eagles to Packers and Deion Sanders from the Falcons to 49ers. Yeah, okay. Again, those are huge trades. Those are big time players. But I'm talking like like Gretzky, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, those types of trades. There are going to be huge elite all-time great players and I know what people think of Reggie White and Deion Sanders. But like if there are great players like that that change teams all the time, whether it be trade or free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like guys who are on the Mount Rushmore of the league all time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I do think it will happen, though, at some point. I agree. I, I never say never on anything, you know, because nothing surprises me anymore. News will break and I'll be stunned, but it's like it, it really doesn't surprise me. Anything is possible. 100%. Anything is possible. His point total. It's. I wouldn't say it's ever going to happen. I. I need. It's near impossible. I would say for it to be broken. Um, Just because of the way the game is played today, right? Not because somebody's not good enough. And you need two hundred point seasons to break it. Yeah. You'll never. You can never play as long of a career like McDavid and have. 130 point seasons or whatever and expect to break it even if you pay it played an extra five years because at the end of your career you won't be getting 130 points it's just you can't sustain getting that many points with not having 200 point seasons it's impossible so that's why i would say it's near impossible because i don't think that's ever going to happen again we're never going to get a player who has four 200 point seasons the game of hockey has changed um it's just it's never going to happen so while I while I always say you never say never, it's probably near impossible that it's going to happen. And if it does happen, I don't think I'll be alive or you or any of us. It'll come generations down the line when, uh, like, I'm, yeah. I agree. I do believe if you took McDavid or Crosby and you plucked them and put them in a time machine and sent them back to 1982, they are good enough to have that many points in that NHL. That I do believe. And I do believe that if you took Wayne Gretzky in a time machine in 1982 and you brought him to 2022 or 2023, he would be like a 100-point guy. He would have like Connor McDavid-type production or Nikita Kucherov production, Jack Hughes production. You know, he'd probably be like amongst the best players in the league. So if not the best player in the league. I just don't think he'd have 2,800 points or whatever. Yeah, it's it tough. So, I don't know. It took how many years for Ovechkin to, like, maybe break the goal record? But he's not even close in assists. And anybody who would come close in assists probably doesn't shoot it enough, so they're not going to be anywhere near in goals. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. It's a very interesting conversation. That's what made him so fascinating. He was goals and assists. He did it all. I heard people say that they used to call Gretzky a goal suck, <laughs> meaning like he took goals away from everybody else. Yeah, like the guy who has more assists than anybody else has points was a goal suck. Like, what are you talking about? He was just so good at both. How many times? And I think that's why he had so many 150, 200-point seasons. He'd probably rack up, you know, 110, 120 assists and then have 50 goals, 60 Mm -hmm. goals. And that's how he got the, you know, most guys today. Like, what McDavid's doing is off the hook. McDavid's going to probably score 60. Every time Pasternak gets close to him in the Rocket Richard race, he scores two like he did last night. If he scores 60 and has 80 assists, I mean, we're talking about a 140-point season. Mm -hmm. But he would have to do that every year for the rest of his career to even possibly come close. Right. And I I don't know. I just – there are years where Dreisaitl's going to score more goals. There, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman are scoring lots of goals this year. McDavid's collecting assists off of that. I just, it's it's so hard to ever think about somebody reaching that plateau ever again. I do think if McDavid has 2,000 points and he was just so obviously visually better than Gretzky, because I do believe that. I believe McDavid's the greatest hockey player who ever lived, like in terms of their skill, their speed, their talent, everything. I would take McDavid in his prime over anyone. I like people might consider him the greatest player ever, but I don't know. It's hard to argue with those numbers. It's just hard to compare two different generations in NHL more than any other sport. Yeah. Like, like, Dan Marino is considered this all-time great quarterback, right? But guys like Phil Rivers and Eli Manning and, you know, upcoming now, I'm assuming guys like um, not maybe not Jalen Hurts because he doesn't throw quite as much, but like Jay Cutler, like they all had comparable passing yard numbers to Dan Marino. But we all know Dan Marino was a better player. The NFL is different now. It's more pass-orientated. Guys are collecting more cumulative statistics than they did when Dan Marino was playing. But nobody actually thinks like Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Dan Marino just because he has more career passing yards and career passing touchdowns. So football is probably second in that area. But eh, comparing generations is tough. It is tough. I think it's the easiest to compare it in the NBA maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do think – I don't think Steph Curry would be successful in the 90s. Really? And I don't know if Michael Jordan would be the GOAT in the 2020s. Interesting. Like Steph Curry, he benefits from the fact that you can't hand check and you basically can't, you know, be as physical as you once were able to. Steph Curry has all the time in the world to take any three-throw he wants, any three-pointer he wants. I'm not sure that would have lasted. And the three-point game is a lot more prominent now. Teams revolve their offense around the three-point shot a lot of the time, especially if you have the Splash Brothers. There would be no Splash Brothers in 1994 when you got, you know, guys like – I'm drawing a blank on the asshole from Detroit that everybody hated while watching uh, The Last Dance. Isaiah Thomas. 
from Detroit. Got you know, you know, Steph Curry's not playing against a guy like that. The closest thing to a guy like that in the league is like Draymond Green, who was his teammate. So I I don't know. I do think there's era adjusted for everyone, but I would agree that basketball is probably like the easiest to compare decades out of the four. I think that if Curry was back in the eighties or nineties, he wouldn't be the all time three point scoring record. Yeah, no. Because they didn't take as many threes back then. It's actually pretty funny. You look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's stats compared with LeBron since LeBron has passed them, and it showed like how many twos LeBron's made, how many threes. I was dumbfounded, and I want like I want somebody to fact check me because it just doesn't seem legit. It had like LeBron having like so many thousands of threes, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar three three pointers made in his career. Three, three pointers made in his career. That's unbelievable. Because the players didn't shoot threes back then. Now you got a two-on-one the other way. Instead of going for the easy slam, the guy pulls up and shoots a three and hoping that if he misses, his buddy is rebounding it. I mean, it's just a different game nowadays, but it's unbelievable. When did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play? My guess would have to be the 90s. 93 maybe. Because they adopted the three-point line in 1979. So anybody pre nineteen eighty didn't no, but anybody pre nineteen eighty didn't even play in an NBA with three. He point says, "Yep." Yeah, I don't know if you're agreeing with me. I, I'm pretty sure he only had three three pointers in his career. Yeah, he was agreeing with you. Um, that that came in before I brought up the three point line thing. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, every game has changed. Every you know, I I nobody like I said nobody thinks Matt Ryan or you know. Eli Manning or Phil Rivers are better quarterbacks than Dan Marino, but statistically they blow them out of the water. Oh yeah. But you know, sometimes the eye watching them, that does mean something. And I do think McDavid is the most incredible hockey player I've ever seen, even more than Wayne Gretzky. And you know, there are people out there. Like if you ask someone in Boston, who's the greatest NHL player who ever lived, I'll tell you Bobby Orr. If you ask somebody from, you know, East Canada or Pittsburgh, who the greatest NHL player who ever lived is. They're going to tell you it's Mario Lemieux. But I think it's Wayne Gretzky as of right now. I think Sidney Crosby's creeping up. If he reaches 2,000 points and has three Stanley Cups and two Conn Smythes and two gold medals and a World Cup of Hockey and a World Cup MVP, you know, sign me up for that guy. It's, I I don't know. The, the, the great thing about it is we get to watch all these eras and adjust it to, uh, you know, what we're seeing today. Skyler says Kareem played ah, from 69. I didn't think he was that old. Nice. To 1989 per the Google machine. Wow. Um, so that means he, he, the three-point line for four years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no excuse for the other 16 years he played after that. Yeah. That's true. I just, I don't know. Uh, he said... Demon says David way more talented than Wayne. Assuming you're talking about Mick David. Um, yeah, I think so. The way McDavid, I mean, I was watching the Oilers the other night, and I haven't seen the Oilers in person yet, oddly enough. I just haven't bought a ticket when the Blackhawks are hosting the Oilers. I probably should do that soon because I've heard watching McDavid in person is a little, even more crazy. When you watch him on TV, though, and I watch the Oilers a lot. They're on late at night. 
more than most teams because they're in uh, Western Canada. His acceleration is unlike anything I've ever seen, and he doesn't slow down when he has the puck on his stick like everybody else does. And McKinnon, I think, is the second fastest player in the league with the puck, but McKinnon gallops. He looks like a horse running. He's like, where McDavid, it's just like, his crossovers are unlike anything I've ever seen in his in, in life. And he dangles like Datsuk. He shoots like Matthews. And he skates like Barishnikov, except 10 times faster on hockey skates with big meanies trying to hurt him all over the place. So I do think it's a different time. There's no enforcers in the league today. McDavid doesn't have to deal with uh, a brutal beatdown that Gretzky would have to. Uh, Gretzky would have people to protect him. But, you know, Gretzky had Yari Curry. But, you know, all great players have other great players to play with. I hate when people use that as a knock on people because, like, Gretzky had Yari Curry. Um, McDavid has Dreisaitl on the power play, not at five on five. But it's amazing what this Wayne Gretzky conversation could lead you to talking about, could lead you to talking about. about about (laughs) Well, I, I like comparing all time, great players across sports. I like every sport. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little hard when you start getting into individualistic sports, like, you know, tennis, Serena Williams. Is she the greatest? She's the greatest female tennis or is Venus better? No, Serena's better. Serena's better. Okay. Is she the greatest women's tennis player of all time? Probably up there, but I mean, like Billie Jean and, King was pretty good. Yeah, and but you start comparing an era though, like. But like Jokic or who's the other uh, guy I'm thinking of? Nadal, Federer, Nadal, Nadal, and Federer. Those are the three-headed dragon, and yeah, but like, it's different with individuals because it's hard to compare individual sports to team sports. Because I do think there are other things that come into consideration with individuals. Like, I think winning matters more when it's an individual sport. Um, No one poops on Gretzky for not winning another cup after he left the Oilers because winning the Stanley Cup is so hard and they started to add more teams. Um, it's, It's a team game. Where, like, in swimming, Michael Phelps, it's all him. All his gold medals are a representation of how great he was. So, you know, that's why I don't bring up you know, non like individual players in other sports like golf, Tiger Woods, right? Mm-hmm. Winning matters mo- more in that in terms of your greatness. So, got anything else on Wayne Gretzky? What does he mean to you? Um, I mean, I just love that he's still involved in hockey. He's not one mm-hmm. of those guys who's just like a legend that everybody talks about, but you don't hear much about him in the present day. I'm glad that he's still around and he's still, you know, educating so many fans and young um, athletes on the game of hockey. Interestingly enough, um, I, for my senior quote, my senior quote for high school, I chose you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I love that quote. Um, So I guess you could say he had an impact on me growing up if, if I chose that for some reason, but um, I was just a big hockey fan growing up, so I wanted to do something with hockey. And um, I'm just grateful that he's just still doing what he's doing today. And he's not that legend that nobody sees or hears about anymore. More now than ever, especially. Yeah. There was like a little lull where we didn't hear from him much. Mm-hmm. 
but now he's totally involved. He's friends with Biz. They do videos together. They're on NBC or uh, NHL on TNT, I should say. Um, he's an ambassador for the Edmonton Oilers. You know, he's he's around a lot. And I do think McDavid being drafted by the Oilers might have reignited his hockey fire because the great one and the next one were both drafted by the Oilers. And, hey, hockey's a better sport because of Gretzky. Uh-huh. And I do think people learned things from him and skating became more advanced and being a guy who could shoot and pass became a thing. You know, I know Gordie Howe was that as well. And Gordie Howe was the best player in the league history before Wayne Gretzky. Um, all Every record Gretzky broke, broke Gordie Howe's record. Like we saw Ovechkin just recently pass Gordie Howe's goal record to become second all time. Like everything... If you ask Wayne Gretzky who the greatest player of all time is, he will tell you Gordie Howe. I have heard him say it because when they did the 100-year celebration, you might remember a couple years ago, and they had Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr, and Wayne Gretzky sitting on a stage. Someone asked them, is the greatest hockey player ever sitting on this podium right now? And Wayne Gretzky like quickly went, no. Obviously, rest in peace, Gordie Howe. Um, Wayne Gretzky one of the greatest players in the history of team sports, the most statistically dominant player in the history of team sports, played for the Edmonton Oilers, the Los Angeles Kings, the St. Louis Blues, and the New York Rangers. I have one issue with Wayne Gretzky. He called the Devils a Mickey Mouse organization. I can't remember what team he was playing for at the time. It was probably the Oilers because saying it with the Rangers would have been dumb because they had a couple cups by then. But it was when they were real bad, first came into the league, Gretzky called them a Mickey Mouse organization. And people have never forgotten that. People bring up the Mickey Mouse thing all the time. There are Mickey Mouse devil shirts you can buy. Like, At least he likes Mickey Mouse, unlike McDavid. That's true. That is true. He does hate Mickey Mouse, McDavid. Um, mm-hmm. But the Devils have since, Gretzky said, that one three Stanley Cups been to another two. Um, yeah. I do remember I met Ken Danico. In 2018, I want to say. You might remember when I took that picture with Dano. Um, He showed me a text message from Wayne Gretzky complimenting Nico Heischer's game as a rookie. And I always found that to be really cool. And he said said recently at the All-Star game that Jack Hughes is the only player that can catch Connor McDavid in terms of, like, best player in the league. I don't think that's true, personally. I think he can be the second best player in the league, but I don't think he can catch him. <laughs> and that is cool. But I'll never forget the Mickey Mouse thing there, Wayno, and I would bring it up to you if I ever got the opportunity to meet you. What a what a human. What an athlete. What a human. Do you agree he was deserving of being chatted about for 46 minutes to start our show? Yeah, because we had so much to talk about that it just blew by. Yeah, that's true. And, and when there's a man like that where you have so much to talk about, probably won't be the last time we talk about him either. No, for sure not. And you lead into other conversations when you talk about Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan always gets mentioned. Tom Brady. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came up. You'd start talking about the players of now, like Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. I don't know. He really makes me like hockey. Absolutely. So, speaking of hockey the show does go on there are games in the league going on right now and we will discuss all that 
in period number two. Welcome to period two. Frank, over the weekend was a very, very exciting event. I was incredibly fortunate to watch it and enjoy it and love what I saw from it. It wasn't the greatest actual game of all time, but I did enjoy the theatrics of it. I like these two teams. I thought the jerseys looked way better on the ice than they did in the pictures. That always seems to happen for me. Um, what were your thoughts on the 2023 NHL stadium series game between the Carolina hurricanes and Washington capitals? Well, it was an electric atmosphere. I loved it. I think, um, more stadium series or outdoor games should be done at college venues. I mean, it's just, it was, it was beautiful to see. I loved, like you said, the theatrics of it. And I was this close to predicting the exact score. I said four to two, either way, hurricanes won the game four to one. Not really surprised. Uh, the Washington Capitals were a little, you know, shorthanded without Alex Ovechkin. But the the Hurricanes dominated the whole game. But it wasn't even like fun to watch. They were up four zero. They outshot them. They just dominated them. They looked better. They were the better team, and they are the better team. Um, but ultimately, Hurricanes get their first win outdoors. Martin Nikas, one goal, two assists. Big reason as to why the Hurricanes were so dominant that game. Um, but overall, it was a very uh, interesting game. I enjoyed it, and we move on. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. NC State put on a show. Um, I liked the way the jerseys looked and the way the teams came out onto the ice. Uh, I heard there was some pretty heavy tailgating going on for this oh, game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I wish, I mean, would Ovechkin have made a difference? He probably might have scored a goal, right? Like he's the second all-time leading scorer. Probably would have led to my prediction of 4-2. to two. <laughs> Yeah, possibly. And he he gets up for those games too. <laughs> you know he like really goes ham. He scored in the Winter Classic against the Hawks. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that was pointed out to me while watching the stadium series that I never really realized, have you ever noticed there's only been two NFL stadiums to host a Winter Classic? Never really or thought two, about it. two football stadiums to host a winter classic. Yeah, I never really uh, thought about it. A winter classic or an outdoor yeah, game? Yeah, not outdoor game. There have been plenty of outdoor games, but almost every winter classic is at a baseball stadium. I think they like the whole classic that comes with baseball. The fall classic. There's another reason. Okay. The football season's still going on. <laughs> They don't want to. They don't want to destroy what they have left of the field after yeah, seventeen yeah. weeks to do this whole event. And you know, it very rarely, rarely ever happens. And they have to know in advance that you know they're gonna not have a game the rest of the season. Like it has to. And now that there's the extra week in the year, every team has an extra opportunity for a home game to end the year. What about college football? That's still going on, or not really? Right? College football is almost always over. And they had the Winter Classic at the Cotton Bowl and the Big House. So I think those are okay. But I think most of the big cities don't have a premier college stadium like that. M name the big colleges in college football that you would want to have a state well, like Michigan, game. but it happened. It's in Ann Arbor, though. It's 50 minutes from Detroit. Uh, Chicago doesn't have a huge, like Ryan Field is in Chicago, but that can't host a Winter Classic. Oh, yeah. But guaranteed Ray Field or Wrigley Field could. Uh, Soldier Field, obviously, but the Bears. 
I mean, you don't want to mess with that turf as enough as it is. Uh, New York, you know, there's no huge college stadium there. Rutgers is probably the closest, but that's in New Jersey. Um, you yeah. start thinking about the SEC, Alabama, um, Georgia, you know, all these teams, LSU. There are no NHL teams there. So it, it was like one of those things that, wow, I never really thought about that. All the football, all the NFL stadiums have stadium series. Yeah. And you heard the rumor for next year. Uh, I don't think so. The rumor is that the New Jersey Devils will host the 2023 stadium series against a opponent to be named later. What would you make of that? It would be at MetLife Stadium. I think it's time. They're, you know, they're getting better. They they're getting their core up to full potential. I think it's perfect way to broadcast the franchise a little bit. Um yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. I assume it would be against like the Rangers or the Bruins or teams of that matter. My that's my guess. Yeah, so I tweeted Rangers, Bruins or Islanders or other and I got a lot of love for the Buffalo Sabres who they if the Sabres and Devils played each other in the 2025 Eastern Conference Final, I would be 0% surprised. Like it's just I one of see that. Like I would have Paige Thompson versus Jack Hughes. Let's Americanize this great Canadian game of hockey and, you know, see what we could that do. That could actually be a front runner to happen, actually. That'd be a good game. Yeah, Both franchises on the up and coming again. Absolutely. And yeah. the NHL hasn't been shy about using the Sabres, even though they've mostly stunk. Now they're good. Only three NHL teams after the Winter Classic next year when the Capitals play or the um, Kraken play the Golden Knights, which the Golden Knights have played an outdoor game already. The Kraken haven't. Um, after that game is played, there will have been only three NHL teams to not play in a single outdoor game. Can you name them? If you give me some time, I don't know. How, let's see. Ducks have been in one. Um, well, you're saying the Sabers? Oh no, they played against the Penguins in the winter yep. class. And the and the yep. uh, Rangers. Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> Flyers have. Uh, Think about the teams that don't get a lot of love. Tampa Bay hasn't had one, have they? They have. I'm trying to think of when. It had to be. A, it wasn't a Winter Classic then. They played in a stadium series. Did they? La- last year, two years ago. I'm trying to remember oh. who it was against. Oh, I got one. I got one. The Coyotes. The Coyotes are one. The Coyotes are one. Uh... Oh, Tampa Bay played Nashville. Yes. Where the Titans did the, play. Did the Oilers play outdoors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heritage Classic. I was going to say it had to be the Heritage Classic. The Jets Heritage Classic, probably. Yep. It's tough, VP. Every Canadian team has. There's oh, okay. A, there's a hint to you. And you're saying uh, after next year. Do you remember when the Lightning played the Nashville Predators at the, at the Titan Stadium? Kind of. I kind of remember the jerseys. I don't it was a stadium game, series. It was a stadium series. I'm drawing. Oh, oh no, you said all Canadian teams. I don't know. You were close with Tampa. The Panthers? Yep. Panthers have yet to play in one. So Panthers, Coyotes. It's so hard to just. I know. The Islanders have. 
right? Yes, the Islanders, they played the Devils. Or no, they played oh, the Oh, I remember that. I they remember the Rangers. The Rangers the yeah, Rangers, Rangers and Islanders. There was like, and there two were, days prior to that, the Devils played yeah. the Rangers. They were yeah. all at Yankee Stadium. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll give you a know. hint. I'll give you a hint. When I when this was asked to me, this was the first team I guessed right because I've been begging for this team to be in a winter classic against another specific team for like five years now. That's the only reason I got it right first try. You're the begging first for team this I thing? nailed. I want this team to play in an outdoor game at one specific venue against one specific team. Really, really bad. If I were if Vinny Parisi was appointed commissioner of the NHL tomorrow, this is one of the first things I would try to call into action. I wish I had the list of teams. I just can't. Everyone I'm thinking of is like they played. They I'll played. give you a hint. I'm trying to recreate the greatest college rivalry through the NHL using this team. Well, Detroit has uh, college rivalry. So now you're throwing me off. Like, I, I don't know. I want <laughs> them to play a game. If you gave me the venue, I'd probably get it. You're going to get it. I want them to play a game at the shoe. My light's flickering. What's going on here? You're going to lose connection. I want them to play a game at the shoe between the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets. So bad. You can recreate... Michigan versus Ohio State. You can get all those Ohio fucks forgot about the Blue to Jackets. host a game against their rival from Michigan. And I don't know why this is happening with my light. Just deal with it. Um, that would be awesome. The Columbus Blue Jackets. I forgot about them. I do think whoever gets Bedard gets a Winter Classic relatively after and Two of those three teams that have never played in one um, are, you know, involved in Bedard, although the Coyotes have points in nine straight games. <laughs> um, what a bunch of idiots they are. Everyone gets so mad at me for thinking that, but I, my brain works the way it works. Um, I do hear from trusted sources that there is plan for an all-Florida outdoor game in the near future. So I do think Florida's probably one of the next to come off that list. Arizona probably has to get out of their billion dollars in debt before they figure this thing out <laughs> if they don't move or whatever. And I think the Blue Jackets will get theirs eventually too. Um, eventually they'll all have one, absolutely. Yeah. But Devils Rangers would be sick. Although I'm sick and tired of the Rangers. Just well, we already had that in an outdoor game. I know. Uh, Devils Islanders would be awesome. I don't see them putting the Bruins in an outdoor game next year just because they had the Winter Classic last year. So, or this year. I I would do Sabres or Philly if it were up to me. Sabres would be cool. I like Sabres over Philly, I think. Yeah, uh, me too. Sabres would be my number one choice. Yeah. Um, I think down the line, the Hawks will face the Avalanche in an outdoor game. Who have they faced so far? The Blues, the Wild, the Penguins. The Capitals, Washington, which was so weird. They have the most outdoor games played of any team. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's wait, how many do we name? They got six outdoor games, right? We named Detroit, Detroit, Minnesota, St. Louis. St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Washington. Washington. And Washington was at their most recent. Yeah, right. In twenty fifteen. Mm. Or did they play the Blues in 17? I want to say they played the Blues in 17, actually. Yeah. We're missing one. I thought they had six. Panarin has played in an outdoor game with the Hawks. Yeah, it was 17 then with the Blues. We're missing one, though. I thought there were six. Yeah, but did they play someone twice? I'll look at it really quick. I don't remember. Now I'm drawing a blank. But... Yeah, I I think the outdoor games are awesome. And um, I'm, absolutely. I'm a big fan of them. I can't think of who. Oh, I'm finding it. <laughs> Frankie's looking up who the Blackhawks have played in an outdoor game. Again, D- Detroit, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Minnesota, Washington. Okay. Have they not? They didn't play Blackhawks first. Oh no. Their first ever game, outdoor game winner classic against Detroit. So you got Detroit. Penguins. Capitals. We missed one. Here's the one we missed. The Minnesota Wild. I said that. Oh, you did. I was there. I was there. So four. Blues five. Bruins in twenty nineteen winner classic. I was there too, so I guess that's no excuse. Six. I knew there were six. Because <laughs> it's the most out of any team. How can I forget that my favorite one I've ever been to? I think one against the Avalanche is coming. That would be cool. McKinnon and Bedard. <laughs> Better stop. Better stop winning in overtime there, son. We'll get to that in a second because I didn't write that down because of the fact that it happened after I sent you the sheet. But um, Stadium Series, Ovechkin was gone. Mikhail Ovechkin has passed away. Alexander Ovechkin's father. Very popular figure amongst the Washington Capitals community. We here at Bar Down extend our deepest condolences to the Ovechkin family. Can't wait till you get back. I do think this hinders his chance of hitting 45, 50 goals this season. He hasn't played in a while, and he was on like a four-game goal slump before that. And you know, you know a hat trick is coming normally when he goes on a four-game goal slump or whatever. But, you know. Get to 40, Ovechkin. We'll see you next year. Your Capitals aren't making playoffs, in my opinion. But, you know, RIP to Mr. Ovechkin. Yeah, he was a big part in Ovechkin's career growing up. Took him to his um, his skates, his skating um, lessons or whatever you want to call it, his events at the age of seven. Um, and at that age, you have no control as a kid. If his father didn't want to take him to his skating lessons or didn't want to get him involved, then seven-year-old of Ovi isn't going to just take the car and go to the lessons by himself. So at that age, you have no control. If it wasn't for him, Ovechkin may not be the player that he is today or even in the NHL. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard stories about how uh, the entire Ovechkin or how Ovechkin's dad like made a lot of sacrifices when he was young um, in order for him to become as good of a player as he is today. Frank, I do want to warn you weather's stinky outside and i have had this light liquor a little bit and throughout the apartment things have been a little flickery so if i vanish you can carry the show and update me as i come back in whenever i figure it out i also have hot spots and stuff so you know we'll find a way 
it won't it won't take me long to get back in because my computer's fully charged and I could connect to hotspot. But I just wanted to throw that little warning out to you. Just right. keep keep going down the sheet bullet point by bullet point if that were to be the case. Um, we'll get to the Chicago Blackhawks before we get into that banana lands game from last night. Jonathan Taze released a little update. He's going to be out for a hot minute dealing with his yep. syndrome and some long COVID symptoms. What are your thoughts? It sucks because the chronic immune response syndrome is what kept him out for that one year. And that really kind of hindered his career. He wasn't the same the year after. It sucks because I love Tave so much. My favorite player to ever play in the National Hockey League. I look up to him. And it, it hurts me that he's going through this. But I think taking a step back right now is the right thing to do. He should focus on his health. His health is more important than the game of hockey. Um, with that being said, I think that because this is happening, I think he may call it quits after this year and might hang up the skates. Um, it just seems like if stuff like this is going to continue to happen, um, it's more important to for, fo uh, focus on your health. So I think that a retirement, if it wasn't already in the cards, is more likely in the cards. However, Kyle Davidson come out and said they would he would love for him to return by the end of the year. They have no intentions on trading him before the trade deadline. Um, so I think the most important thing right now is just to focus on him. And if he does make a return that he gets up to that full potential or just that he's, as long as he's playing hockey and enjoying it and he feels good about it, then return and play. But ultimately, like I said, it's best that if he just focuses on himself right now, um, because like the Hawks aren't going anywhere this year, it wouldn't really be, I wouldn't, it's not really an ethical thing to do. I would say trading a guy like that either. Um, so just focus on him and get back to the, to the game of hockey whenever he can, if he gets to that point. So, uh, thinking about you Taves and I hope you, uh, hope and praying for a speedy recovery. Yeah. Love Taves. One of the greatest captains in the history of the NHL. Um, he will be a first ballot hall of famer. People who argue it like, fuck you. Like so dumb to say that Taves isn't a future hall of famer, three Stanley cups, captain of all of them, youngest Stanley cup champion, captain in the history of the league. Um, you know, Selkie trophies, lots of points, big, big, big moments, two time Olympic gold medal world cup. I mean, Taves, Taves made one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And it wasn't in a Blackhawks uniform. It was with Canada at the world cup of hockey when drew Doughty took just a incredibly stupid ass penalty against team Europe. And Dowdy sitting in the box. All of a sudden, Brad Marshan and Jonathan Taves take a two-on-one the other way. And Taves drops it off for Marshan. Just the fact Marshan scored the goal and it was a beautiful shot. But Taves, he facilitated the play that was allowed Marshan to kind of like be sneaky with his shot. And I thought it's one of the greatest plays that Taves ever made. YouTube the video. Um, Jonathan Taves, Brad Marshan, shorthanded goal for Team Canada was one of the coolest things ever. And Drew Doughty freaks out in the box, and Team Canada yeah. wins the World Cup. Um, and I remember uh, their goal song. They were so cocky, they knew they were going to win that year <laughs> that they made their goal song We Dem Boys by Wiz Khalifa. So every time they scored, they were like, Holla, holla, We Dem Boys. And I thought that was the cockiest thing. <laughs> a team could do in any situation. So credit to Jonathan Taves, credit to Team Canada. Frank, Jonathan Taves' club yesterday, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in the history of my hockey watching. The Chicago Blackhawks, they're tied one-to-one -one after the first. Uh, this kid from Vegas, he scored his like, sixth goal. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, the Hawks got it back, tied it up. Then Jack Eichel makes a sick play. Just an absolute 
dog kind of play to steal the puck, force a two-on-one, and an absolute snipe on Peter Mrazek. I mean, that's the Jack Eichel I want to see right there. Yep. And, you know, it was against the Hawks, so that stinks. But, like, from a pure hockey standpoint, like, that's the Jack Eichel we want to see going into the playoffs. That guy's feeling good about himself now, I think. Great play by number nine. Then the rest of the game goes by without a goal until 188 Patrick Kane finds the puck in the offensive zone after a nice face-off win by Max Domi, and Kane puts it on a absolute charcuterie platter for Tyler Johnson, who claps it and ties the Chicago Blackhawks score at two for you know the game, and they, they get it tied and they force overtime. And Patrick Kane finds himself on a breakaway with under four seconds left. And from a solid, how far would you say he was from the, it wasn't like he wasn't close to the net. He had to absolutely fucking clap that puck in order to beat the goaltender. And he did. And it was like 30, 30 feet away, right? He had a breakaway from their own blue line. He had a breakaway from the blue line. Their own blue line which was a result of Vegas pinching, knowing they had no time left. But little did they know what Patrick Kane can do. And he comes in and he snipes. It was a slap shot. You don't see Kane take too many slap shots that aren't one-timers very often. And it beats the Vegas goaltender and the United Center erupts, unlike I've ever seen it erupt in a regular season game before. And I'm, I'm talking like this is a team that won the Stanley Cup three times in a span of six years. Like the United Center was a wild, wild place to be for a long time. Last night was unlike anything I've seen during like the bad years. And it looked like the puck beat the goaltender by 0.01 seconds. Yeah. But then you watch the replay. And again, what you see on the TV is not official. And I, that's the one thing people need to understand. It's it's kind of like the yellow line in football. It's not official. The green light came on, I think, before the puck entered the net. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you can't definitively prove it. And the call on the ice was goal. And I was so annoyed that they called it back. I couldn't believe they didn't give Kane that goal. What are your thoughts? When you're looking from Kane's point of view, a head-on, um, head-on shot when he shot it, and you see it gets past the goaltender. It looks like it beats the clock. Then they show the bird's eye view, kind of, but it's like up elevated from like a crowd's point of view, where you could see the green light going on. The green light went on well before that puck went into that. I'm saying like well, so even if it wasn't like official and there's still like point one left, it would have never gotten in fully into the back of the, or across the goal line. Um from where I saw the light go on and from where the puck was, it was like just barely in like the blue paint when that light went on. So it's like angles played a huge role in this call. Um, And that's all you could go by. That's all the refs are looking at, you know, and the Toronto and whoever's reviewing the call. I mean, that that's all they could go at is it with these angles. I had a feeling it was getting called back. I just, I had that gut feeling because of the second view I saw the the original view. I saw, I'm like, Oh, this easily beat it. Point one. Even Chris Vosters was like, oh, yeah. And Patrick Sharp's like, oh, yeah, that that's in. It looks like 0.1 seconds, but then they show the different angle. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably not going to count. But they got it done in the shootout. Kane, again, in the shootout, takes a slapper. That was wild. Couldn't be with dude. a slap shot. He was trying to mimic what happened. Yeah, I don't agree with it, but 
you know, throw your opponent off his game a little bit. He's not expecting that from Patrick Kane. He's expecting him to slow up, do a little fancy dangle, and bury it in the back of the net. But uh, every once in a while, switch it up. Doesn't doesn't go down for Patrick Kane. Tyler Johnson, the, the game-tying hero, gets the winner in the shootout, and the Hawks beat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of 3-2. to two. I thought for sure Patrick Kane was going to score in the shootout because he's just been so dazzlingly hot over the last couple weeks. But when he wound up to take a slap shot, I was like, that goal getting called off is in his head. <laughs> like, when does Patrick Kane when does Patrick Kane ever take a slap shot? Unless it's a one-timer. Patrick Kane has clapped so many one-time top Ched bombs in his career. Like, nobody's denying Patrick Kane's ability to take a slap shot off a one-timer. But a still puck? Yeah. One-timer? I mean... Like Shea Weber and Chara do that. Like Patrick Kane hardly ever does that. And he rifled one in a clutch moment in overtime, and it was a pinch of a second too late. It's wild. But in the shootout, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, okay, Patrick, like I'm trying to impress these Golden Knights team. He's It was in his head for sure. Yeah. The, the Patrick Kane last week or so has been pretty fun. Like may he he might get traded he might not like every day like I think is it true that if that would be his last game at the United Center yep. if he got traded yeah so like you know the the house was packed knowing that and I tweeted yesterday every contender in the league should want Patrick Kane anybody who shits on him because of his hip or like his production so far this year can't wait till he goes to another team if he goes to another team and lights the world on fire. But then I sat there thinking about it in my chair last night. And I was like, okay, the Blackhawks, they would probably get a first, which I'm a high proponent of first-round picks, especially this year, because the first-round talent bleeds into the second round this year, according to all the top scouts in the world. You get a first-round pick, you're getting a player that can help you in the future. You can add with either Fantilli or Bedard or whoever they get. And I'm like, or you could keep Patrick Kane and try and re-sign him. And like, I don't think there's pro the only thing that would annoy me is if they lost him for nothing. If they think there's a chance he leaves, they got to trade him regardless of, but if they think there's a chance he stays that I think that makes it so much more difficult. Imagine how he'd look with Connor B on his line, or even if Fantilli was his center, or if they waited a couple years and had Leo Carlson or Matvey Michkov, or, you know, one of these guys who are so yeah. good, it's a hard decision, but I've been enjoying watching Patrick Kane. He's got, what is it? Five goals and two assists in the last three games, mm -hmm. or is it five goals and three assists? In the, either way, like he's been hot lately. Yeah, he had a poor been... start to the season, but he's he's found his mojo lately. Well, and here's one thing that makes me think he might get or want to get traded, whether he does or not, remains to be seen. Ever since Tarasenko was traded to the Blues, and he made those comments about how the Rangers were a team he wanted to go to, that's when he started really picking it up. Like, hey. Teams are going to pass on me if I don't prove that I'm still Patrick Kane. And he has been on fire lately. And another team that was on the radar for this man to go to made one of the biggest moves you'll <laughs> see. And you are the number one. Well, you might be the number two Leaf hater that I know. And I'm here with my cool little sweatshirt that I wear out sometimes and people think it's a jersey. I mean, that's why these things are 80 bucks, literally. I love those. The Toronto Maple 
Leafs, one of the best teams in the NHL, my Leafs. They're my Leafs. They're going to be my they're going to be my third favorite team in the postseason. Okay? You know, I'll never root against the Devils and the Bruins better win their cup this year, so I'll root for them for Joey. But if the Leafs are the last of the three standing, they will be my team. Austin Matthews is back. Ever since he let the wrist heal up a little bit, he's been in fuego. John Tavares trending upward, scoring every single day, it seems like. William Nylander and Mitch Marner are two of the five best wings in the NHL, and they play on the same team. And they went out and traded for Ryan O'Reilly, a Stanley Cup champion, Conn Smythe trophy winning, knows how to beat the Bruins in a playoff series, Ryan O'Reilly. And guess what? It wasn't even just Ryan O'Reilly. I called this Leafs team soft. David Pasternak was able to just mosey on in and steal the puck from the Leaf defender and throw it in front of the net for the goal. Like, just a soft, marshmallow team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, with all the skill in the world. They had a little bit of grit. They had a little bit of balls, a little bit of sandpaper by bringing in Ryan O'Reilly. But that's not enough. We're going to bring in Noel Achari, who also has some balls. Former Bruin. Former Bruin, about to be a 20-goal man, has a little offensive punch to his game. All of a sudden, the Leafs' bottom six has O'Reilly and Achari, and you're looking at this Leafs group. Their defense has been good this year. Samsonov has been an unbeatable goalie lately. Matt Murray's even having a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Maple Leafs looking good after making this trade. They send a first-round pick to the St. Louis Blues, who are the Blues finding a way to be better at rebuilding than like the Blackhawks and the Coyotes? As of right now, absolutely they are. They got two first-round picks for their two stars that they had and now they're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes as well if they somehow swooped in and got Bedard that would be a nightmare scenario for all of us but that Leafs team oh and the Wild gave up a prospect to get a fourth and retained some of O'Reilly's salary so the Leafs are really only paying 25% of his salary it was a three team trade the Blues retained 50% the Wild retained 25% and the Leafs are paying the other 25% yeah the Leafs are damn good. Is there a better center trio in the NHL uh, than Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly? I can't think of one. Bergeron, Krejci, and then Coyle is good. Uh, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and then Eric Halla is good. But, like, you have three superstars as your centers for the Maple Leafs. I don't know, man. I like the Leafs after this trade. Um. Yeah, I mean, he had a slow start to the season with the Blues. Then he comes to um, the Maple Leafs, and it's like he's unlocked something that he was missing. That's going to happen to Patrick Kane, too. That he didn't have with the Blues. Um, but doesn't he, didn't he center a line yesterday? Yep. With, um No, with Tavares? Yeah, he, might be, wing. he might be playing uh, – him and Tavares might be playing wing right now. In the yeah. playoffs, I think they go three Cs. Because he, he centered it with Tavares and Martin on the second line. They, they look better, VP. The Toronto Maple Leafs look better. It still doesn't change my opinion that I think they're going to get bounced in the first round, regardless of who they play. But, I mean, they definitely look better, and it's definitely a piece they needed because, by all means, this Toronto – Toronto needed a lot of work done, I think, 
if they wanted to make some waves. So maybe by adding O'Reilly, these are the waves they can make. They want to make tsunamis, not just waves, but we'll see. We'll see. Good start for them so far, and the trade's looking good, but ultimately through three games. you got to play more than three games. We'll see what he can bring the rest of the way here. He had an assist in his first game with them, and it was a slow little start against there. Against the Hawks. Against right? the Hawks. Yeah. Or no, no, no. It was against the Canadians. And then he didn't have any points against the Hawks, I don't think. Okay. The, the Leafs kind of got – I don't know what happened to the Leafs in that game against the Hawks. They got Patrick Kane. That was the hat trick oh, for Kane. My light just flickered too, VP. Uh-oh. Well, I'll be ready in case your power goes out. I mean, when it's stinky day, that's what happens with podcasting. Um, O'Reilly had a hat trick yesterday. He hits the empty netter for the hat trick. I lost Frankie. He's gone. He's gone. R.I.P. Frankie Stream, that Walmart-ass connection. See you later, pal. The Leafs kicked Frankie off the stream. The hockey gods heard Frankie say bye-bye. Frankie is down. And look at that frozen Frankie face. Well, I'll get back to what I was saying. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they make this trade for Ryan O'Reilly. And then I'm driving home from Wisconsin. We stop in a quick trip and all of the sudden I see a kid walking around with a St. Louis blues, Ryan O'Reilly sweater. And I'll, then from that point on, I know that this kid is wearing this because of the big trade that happened. And I'm like the Maple Leafs, man, they're coming. This is the year for the Leafs. I believe it. If they don't play, the Boston Bruins, I will be rooting for them. I do think they probably will play the Boston Bruins in the second round. And then I believe the winner of that series will win the Stanley Cup. Frankie sends a text saying, unreal. <laughs> Poor Frankie and his Walmart-ass connection. Getting boned by the weather. Does that mean... But he lives in Streamwood. I don't know. He lives closer to the storm than me. I don't know if it's coming my way, though. So maybe he's getting the brunt of it now and out here in, you know, Palatine area, I think there's a chance my, I don't know. Hopefully we have different times. Uh, Frankie did call his own shot. At least when I said it, my light flickered and my shit stayed on, Skylar. So remember that when you're making fun of Vinny compared to Frankie. Oh, you're back. How'd you get back? What do you mean? How'd I get back? Your power went off and then came on? It was like a mini flicker. That's so annoying. I'd rather it stay off for 10 fucking minutes. It's like, it was like a jolt where you just lose the connection, but everything stayed on. The power was on. You know like what, it, though? You, if you think it's going to like keep happening, throw it on your hotspot. And then if you don't have like lights. No, that was the first, uh, that was the first time it happened. I think we'll be okay. It was just minor. All right. Well, I'm wondering if where you're at, where, you know. In the streamwood area, getting or is it like storming? It's just raining a little bit. Oh, it's it's raining relatively hard. I hear the sub pump going off, so yeah, it's raining relatively hard here. Other than that, it really wasn't that bad. Like the streets were perfectly fine. It's just the grass is icy, the trees were icy, and oh, there it's icy. The, just huh. just not the streets. The streets weren't icy by any means. The streets were just wet. Honestly, I'd say the streets were near perfect to be honest with you, but like the house, the the rain that goes on the side of the house, that's icy and stuff like that. But yeah, I, 
I don't think it should happen again. I think we're good. Interesting. I do believe though the precipitation is expected to increase over the next couple hours here. So everybody who's watching, stay safe. Um, Frank, where I came from at Christmas Mountain, they shut off or they they turned off some of their businesses for today. Like the bar we like to go to, canceled. Yeah. Are you serious? Because of snow and rain and unsafe weather conditions. Wow. Um, but yeah, we were in the middle of talking about the Leafs when the hockey gods shut your ass down from shitting on them. Nothing will ever convince Frankie. Nothing will ever. I mean, I he's got Joey poison brain. <laughs> this, this is oh, the year for the Leafs. They will be the Toronto Maple laughs no more, and Ryan O'Reilly is there to make sure of it. No, they're um, all laugh for sure. They came a goal away. They came a goal away from beating Tampa in the first round last year. And so now it's like this year, they're like, okay, let's just beat Tampa, and then we'll have a roster that can compete with the Bruins. And this is from Joey Parisi's mouth himself. He believes the Leafs are just trying to build a roster that could beat the Bruins, knowing that if they could get through the Bruins, they could get through anybody. I do believe if they reach the conference finals, they will win the cup. Um, Cause I think they're better than Carolina and the devils and the Rangers personally. Carolina um, needs to make a move here. Yeah, I know they need a move. They do. And I hope they don't make one. What's uh, the, I mean, I, I think, I think they're going to make one though. I'm so do I. It'll, the Timo Meyer is either going to the devils or hurricanes. So that's going to be one hell of a trade. I know. I <laughs> Regardless, know. it's going to make some uh, waves for you. You're either going to hate it or really like it. So, Yeah, Timo Meyer is either going to be my best friend or mortal enemy in like a week. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's done before the weekend, though. Like, I, I have heard a rumor, though. And again, a source that I trust told me that the Sharks are waiting to trade Timo Meyer until after they honor Patrick Marlowe on Saturday against the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. I they're, guess that makes sense. I think they're retiring 12. They probably want him there for that. Oh, and they, they just don't want to take away from the Marlowe thing either. If you trade Timo Meyer, that's all anyone in Sharks land is going to be talking about for the next month. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to give a crap about Marlowe's little thing. Um, Frank, this, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings are surging. They are. Talk they to are. me about it. They're seven and three in their last ten games. They've, I mean, they've just been unreal lately, and they very easily could get into a wild card spot. Um, I think right now they're the biggest, or their biggest threat in the East is the Penguins. I think that's their biggest competition to sneak into a wild card spot. But I mean, other than that, they've just been electric. They're fun to watch. Um, and it's it's nice that there's like this big difference in the Eastern Conference this year compared to last year. I agree. I hope the Red Wings get it. I hope if it were up to me, I mean, if it were up to me, the Penguins would climb up and catch the Rangers, and I wouldn't have to deal with the Rangers anymore. But out of the realistic options, I can't find myself rooting against the Penguins. So I hope the Penguins get in, and then one of the Red Wings or Sabers. I don't need to see the New York Islanders in the playoffs. Florida, they bore me. Unless Matthew Kachuk is on the ice, that's just a boring team right now. I don't think Washington Washington is cooked, in my opinion. Um, so just keep feeding Ovechkin and let him score as many goals as possible if I'm Washington. Yeah, you know, the Red Wings are in a very interesting position because I don't know. They're in that limbo. They're a limbo team. You got buyers and sellers at the trade deadline, and then you got limbo. I, I would say they're like, I, I can't call if they're a buyer or a seller. 
could I see him moving a guy like Bertuzzi? Yeah. Do I see him being buyers and getting someone to acquire to make a postseason push? No, I really don't. It, it's so up in the air for me. And I, I just, I highly doubt anything's, they're going to do anything like major that'll be like, wow, this was shocking that the Red Wings made this type of move. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, it's. I agree. I, I wrote it down on the sheet. They're the hardest team to predict right now with the trade deadline because Larkin and Bertuzzi are free agents and could go anywhere in the summer. Well, you can extend them, and those are going to be your trade deadline acquisitions. Or you could trade them away, get a hella assets, and be ready for next year. But you're probably not making the playoffs if you exactly. trade Larkin and Bertuzzi. Exactly. You know who they remind me of? They will because they have the team that they could potentially make a push for the next few handful of years. That's why I don't think they would do that. They remind me of the NHL's version of last year's Baltimore Orioles. They were right there on the American League wildcard bubble, and they were like, listen, we could get in, but we're going to trade Trey Mancini to the Astros for assets anyway. And if we don't get in as a result, we'll be back next year and better, and Adley Rushman will be here for another year. Like I'm kind of feeling that with the Red Wings. But Larkin? like I think if they trade Larkin, their hopes of next year's going to go south you can't give larkin nine mil i i I just am so against that i can't like i would trade him for a first it's tough it is tough it is tough i don't think they're buying bertuzzi i if he's traded that doesn't surprise me but larkin on the other hand that that surprises me a little bit yeah i'm with you if he if they're not gone if they're not extended by the third though of march they're gone they gotta be. I, I I hate I hate bad asset management. You can't let them leave for nothing. You, well, I agree with that. You can't let them leave for nothing. If they're not extended by the trade deadline, you're out of here. Like that has to be. You can't Unless be the they Islanders know that they're not gonna leave. And the only one I could see that being the case is Larkin because of what we talked about last week. He's never played a home game outside of the state of Michigan. Right. The United States Development Programs in Michigan. The University of Michigan is in Michigan. The Detroit Red Wings are in Michigan. He's from Michigan. He's the only one I could see that happening with. If they, when do they play next? They play, oh, they play the New York Rangers tomorrow. If they lose to the Rangers, eh, what, it depends what's after that too. And I guess it also depends on what happens around them. But, oh, then they have Tampa. Oof. You have the two conference final teams back-to-back here if you're the Red Wings. And then after that, they go to Ottawa. And then, uh, oh, it's a home-and-home with, oh. Oh, I've never seen that before. What? They play on February 27th and February 28th in Ottawa. Oh, really? Yeah, normally it's the home-and-home. yeah. But, like, it's just back-to-back nights of playing the Sens in Ottawa. That's weird. I've never That's seen weird. that before. And then on, they're obviously off on March 1st. I've seen that in the NBA, but I've never seen it in the NHL. Yeah, me either. And the NBA happens all the time. Um, and then the day before the trade deadline, March 2nd, they play the Kraken. So the only team that they play not in a playoff spot is the Senators, who are on the bubble with them. They're on the Michael Buble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's going to be a tough – if the Red Wings win all those games against these elite teams going into the trade deadline, then maybe. It's funny because 
you know, I think they have a decent shot of getting into the playoffs. I think, you know, right now Florida holds the second wild card spot, and I think they're like the least likely to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh, hand. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Washington, and Buffalo all have better odds of making the playoffs. I agree. I do agree. I, I I didn't know that the schedule leading up to the trade deadline for Detroit was this daunting, though. It's tough. They but, could lose. They could lose all those games. But I think they're skillful one. enough to win. Overcome yeah. a little adversity here. And... If they beat the Rangers and the Lightning, then they're going to be thinking playoffs. I do believe that. I don't know if they buy. I don't think they buy or sell. I don't know what's going to go on here. I think yeah, they're going to they, be in limbo. Nothing's going to happen. They have to extend Larkin or Bertuzzi then. They have to. What I if the it. extension doesn't come till the offseason, though? Then they got lucky. It was okay. like dumb luck. <laughs> um, Mark Stone hits long-term injured reserve, creates about $8 million in cap space. They yeah. just saw what Patrick Kane can do yesterday. Are they thinking about making a little trade down there in Vegas? He's one of them for sure. He The Vegas um, prospects were in, obviously, when the Hawks were playing Toronto. They were here, and I don't know if they were here because the Knights were coming into town anyway. But, I mean, Patrick Kane is a potential name. Sean Monahan. Brock Besser. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights are far from that elite level team, especially now you're, you'll go down with Mark Stone. You need to fill the void somewhere. And I think making a move is definitely something they're going to do at the trade deadline. You got to get something. I don't think you could contend or win a cup with the current team that they have. Sure, they're good. Sure, they have a chance. If not, maybe the favorites to win the division. We'll see. But they need some. They need other players on this team to make them better because they're far from perfect right now. I agree. Um, if they get the Hawks to retain 50% on Patrick Kane, then that leaves them an extra three mil too, Vegas. Yeah. So they can go out and get like a depth defenseman as well. And so I do think Vegas could do something here to really give themselves a shot. The West is so up for grabs in the playoffs, in my opinion, because Colorado, now Kale McCarr has his second concussion in 11 days, yeah, which is like extremely dangerous. There's like a chance they shut him down for the year after hearing that. And, you know, he'll be back. Sidney Crosby dealt with similar situation, you know, in his early days. And we saw what he's done since. But, like, they're going to be very careful with Kale McCarr. I don't feel as highly about the Avalanche without McCarr. And so when we last week when we ranked our teams, I don't know if I would have the Avalanche number one if we did that ranking again this week. Yeah, it's a little different. And, you know, the Dallas Stars are going to be a team that's in on Patrick Kane. Um I, I, Vegas Vegas has to do something because they could easily win the West in the playoffs because it's really – I do believe Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton. I know the Kraken are in the mix. I know the Wild are in the mix. But, like, those five teams I named first are the mm-hmm. five that I think have a legit chance in the Western Conference, and we'll see what Vegas can do. I mean, yeah. They need to make some sort of move. They're not going to win with their current team. So, Connor McDavid scored two goals yesterday to extend his NHL lead in four, to 44 goals. Mm-hmm. David Pasternak scored two goals in his most recent game with the Boston Bruins. He has 41 goals. And then third place is uh, Miko Rantanen and Tage Thompson tied at 36. And then Bo Horvat and Jack Hughes are tied for fifth with 35 goals. So it's pretty much a two-horse race for the Rocket Richard right now mm-hmm. with Connor McDavid and David Bosternock. Who do you think gets it? 
I'm going to go with uh, Connor McDavid. I think David Pasternak, he'll be well on McDavid's heels for the rest of the season. But it just seems like McDavid's more hungry this year. You talked about maybe hungry for getting it, finally reaching 50 goals in his career. And it just, Pasta's not as hungry. It's like McDavid has more of a point to prove potentially. Uh, and I think it's going to be like that consistently for the remainder of the season. And I'm just, I don't know if we're going to get that from Pasternak. If Pasternak hits 50, good for him. He very well, he very well might, but I think McDavid could get upward of 50, mid 50s. So I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. I think Pasta gets into the 50s. I think McDavid pushes 60. If he has 55 with like four games left, mm-hmm. I see him going extra ham. I do. Turning on the Jets. That's what a I said. Bit. He's more hungry. Yeah, 100%. Like Stamkos in 2012 had 57 goals on the final day of the season and he got a yep. hat trick. Yep. Like I, McDavid can do that. And. I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I think Connor McDavid as well. So that's period two. Lots of good NHL shit going on right now. We have the trade deadline special coming up next week. Next week's 100th episode of Bard on Talking Hockey is going to be very, very special. I'm very excited to do it. And, you know, the fact that there is so much news, you could call it a blessing or not. I, I, I'm actually talking myself into that being a good way to celebrate our 100th episode. Just lots of hockey chatter because that's what this show is built on. The The entire reason for inventing this show was to educate Blackhawks fans on the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. So I'm very excited to do that next week. Period two. Frank, we have some unfinished conversation to take care of here about a couple movies we saw over the weekend. And we will get to a little bit of our pop culture corner in period number three. Wakanda forever! Frank, we watched Wakanda forever for the first time last week. What'd you think? It was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it better than the first movie. Um, I thought that Namor, the leader of the underground thing, Obviously, I'm not going to say any spoilers. I thought he was very good. Uh, I, I loved his character a lot. Um, and they also did a very good job at telling Chadwick Boseman's point of view on how he's going to mesh in with his passing and how that's going to play into the the Black Panther universe. So I thought they did a very good job of that. Um, and, I, I mean, it was a very good movie overall. I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end. I thought the storytelling was unbelievable. Right off the bat, you got right into it with um, what was going on with the character of King T'Challa. And very, very happy with the way that, you know, was presented to us. Um, My notes app isn't loading. I can't pull up. I'm getting kind of annoyed. I can't pull up my list. Of the rankings, and if that got like deleted somehow, I would probably cry. Um, but I ranked it in the low teens, so I, I do know that it was a relatively high ranking for me. Um, I'm not gonna say I liked it more than the first Black Panther because I really did enjoy the first Black Panther a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy it a lot. It's like a mid tier MCU movie for me. I, you know, I thought it was a long movie. And it didn't feel as long. It didn't feel as long as it was, though, for me. And I think that's because I just enjoyed the plot line. And, you know, I think where they're going with this whole thing is 
fun. Oh, it yeah. it kind of reminds me of Phase 1. Phase 4 and Phase 1 have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ground setting because of the outcome of Endgame. And, you know, it sets the tone for what's to come. So, you know, it's not as action-packed, per se, as Phase 2, three, two and 3. Because Straight that's when six. things start to get meaty again. But I do think as we move into the next phase here and we start seeing the next movie where everyone's together again, you know, we haven't seen that since kind of Doctor Strange, but not really. You know, there was just one extra character in that. And then, you know, Spider-Man Far F- or No Way Home kind of too. But really the last time we truly saw everyone was Endgame. Mm-hmm. And that will happen again. Oh, yeah. But you know, we're waiting for it and we're kind of in like, not the boring stage of the MCU right now, but we're in a, a ground setting stage. These stages are essential to make it what it is. Exactly. You wouldn't have the same moment you had with Endgame if you didn't have all those leading moments up to it. Exactly. These so, are crucial and necessary. The Yeah. The reason Endgame and Infinity War, all that is so special is because of the laid ground and very excited for what's to come. And we started to kind of see it come together one night later when we went to the day one premiere of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Movie got killed by critics, loved by audiences. I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was on the lower side of my there's, overall ranking. There's something I'm going to tell you after the show that I think you'll make it like it more. I found out something like major. I believe that. And listen, I'm not pooping on the movie. The only MCU movie I hate is The Incredible Hulk. Right? Like, there are even parts of Thor mm-hmm. The Dark World I found entertaining. It's not. It's a kind of a mediocre movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, and that's second to last on my list. And the only movie I will probably not care to watch ever again is The, the Incredible Hulk. And they, they, they knew it sucked, too. Because they replaced Ed Norton with uh, the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mark uh, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. And I'm like... Okay, I I get that's the one. Every series has one bad movie, right? Like that was the one bad movie. Quantumania. I thought it was fun. I think Paul Rudd as Scott Lang is perfect, right? Like I can't even yeah. imagine another actor playing Scott Lang. Wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and you know it was funny. It had its heartwarming moments. I love Hank Pym's character. I, he's a like a like a crazy genius. Oh yeah. He's like a weirdo version of Tony Stark in a lot of ways. Or Howard Stark, I guess. And Skyler says, I like that they didn't make it more of a comedy like the last Thor movie. Yeah, I, I didn't love Thor Love and Thunder. I th- again, it was okay. Like, I don't hate any MCU movie except the Hulk. But I I thought Quantumania, it was honestly a little bit better than I thought it was. Gonna be. I went in with low expectations. And it was Pretty good. It was um, it was the most serious of the three Ant Man trilogy. Um, it actually made the most money of the three of the Ant Man movies at the box office. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I like it even more after what I found out. Uh, it kind of like I can't believe I didn't realize this while watching the movie. So I will share that with you at the end. I think you'll appreciate it because that just it boosted it up a little bit for me. Um, it's it's got a lot of sci-fi, way more than I thought it would. I knew there'd be sci-fi, but let me tell you, this movie's got a ton of sci-fi, and I that doesn't bother me at all. It bothers a lot of people, which is why the critics hated it. I'm sure um, they said it was like 
Marvel's version of Star Wars, um, which who cares? What's wrong with sci-fi? Whether people got like a vendetta against sci-fi things, people refuse to watch Star Wars because it's set in space. Like why? Those people are just idiots. Um, I just, to me, the movie never got to that point. I wanted a bit more. Um, I see that smirk because I know what you're thinking. No, I'm laughing at the comment about Mark oh. Ruffalo. Okay, if it's not the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days guy, what chick flick is he in? I have no idea. I didn't know he, he was in he's, a chick flick. No, he's like, he's Mr. Sexy Man. The fact he that is. he ended up playing like the Angry Hulk is like kind wow. of funny. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, he plays like a, a uh, what's the chick flick? I thought it was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What movie is it? I almost don't want her to put it in the chat. I almost want to think of it on my own, but I'm not going to, so she should put it in the chat. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but Kang was great. Jonathan yeah. Majors, he's... I, I, I like Jonathan Majors more, I think, than Thanos. I think I'm going to like Kang a lot more than Thanos in the end, because just wait till we get to Phase 6. This was just an appetizer. People need to realize that, too. You're not going to get those moments in... This was the start of Phase 5. It was the first movie in Phase 5. You're not going to get those moments in that. We still got Loki Season 2 to look forward to. I mean, just wait until the Fantastic Four come into the mix later. That, that's right before the Avengers movies release. That's the movie before the first Avengers, Secret Wars. I mean, we got we got good content coming up. I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with Skylar. King was the best part of Ant-Man. And, like... He was sensational. I'm not going to give away any spoilers because I know we have people watching that are still currently running through the MCU, but I... Oh, VP. What? The light again. Oh, I know. Mine. Oh, mine. You might goes... lose me for like 30 seconds. Oh, well, it's okay. Maybe. Um, I think... I, like, Thanos was so polarizing because of one reason and one reason only like something happens that i've never seen happen in a movie and it was 13 going on 30 that is the movie i'm thinking of for sure but um today yeah and because of that i've rocked her blue powerade for the show sponsor because thank you katie (laughs) the blue powerade (laughs) sponsor um that will be much appreciated um (laughs) Yeah, I, I we'll we'll get to Kang in a little bit. Like I'm I don't want to you after the show. Fully dive into it. Bit. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm excited of what he has to come. We have a bit of breaking news. Uh oh, I don't like when you say that. The Arizona Coyotes are trading Dyson Mayo to the Golden Knights in exchange for a fifth-round pick in 2023 and Shea Weber's contract. Wow. The Golden Knights are loading up cap space, bro. They're they're making they're going to make a move. They have to make a move. We just talked about why they had to make a move. Yeah, I just hope it's they not Meyer to Vegas. That like I'd rather that than Meyer to Carolina though. Like, well, of course, for a Devils fan. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of Vegas trading for people though, and I know they're gonna make a big trade right <laughs> now. I'm just so in like, 
Like, I'm not a Vegas Golden Knights hater. I actually like the Golden Knights. I kind of wish they would just win one cup and be done with it and rebuild because I don't think their window is going to last as long as people think. They don't have a very good prospect farm anymore. They've traded away a lot of future capital. Like, they have to win now or next year. Part of me hopes they just get it done so they stop stealing everyone's players. But I don't know. I have no idea. There are nine days till the trade deadline. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that, man. I, I really like that, man. Absolutely. Um, we have some blue hearts honoring Blue Power that I'm sure, for you. So congrats to you for, you know, throwing out the, the Blue Power Aid love. Maybe maybe we'll get a Blue Power Aid tonight. Um, Frank, I have been on a rabbit hole lately. And I texted you about this a couple days ago. And I, I did that thing where I text you as I'm going to sleep and then I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And so sorry about that. I apologize. That's just genuinely me being like unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I watched my two of my four favorite scenes or three favorite scenes. And they're both in the same episode. I cannot wait to talk to you about this shit we're getting there i need you to just go finish season six right now we're on episode three you've been on episode three for like two weeks now no we were on episode we watched two the other day we watched okay two the you've other been day. at the beginning of season six I for know. like a week I and listen i know it's, it's hard it's tough i know sometimes shit gets in the way i i get it i'm just being funny but i uh, like i said if you get to season seven episode seven and you're about to watch it. All I'm saying is, see what I'm doing. All I right. can't guarantee I'll be over, but like, see what I'm doing. All right, for sure. Um, like, I I would love to get a look on your face during one specific scene. You know, there are there are certain scenes and movies and TV shows. Yeah, absolutely. Where you're like, you'd love to get a, someone's first reaction to that. Uh-huh. Like, feed me your face during that moment. You should have seen my face in season three. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Katie says Sons of Anarchy should be the next show Bar Down runs. Maybe. I've heard great things about Sons of Anarchy. No, the next show after Thrones is Breaking Bad for me. Breaking Bad. Bang. Bang. Sons of Anarchy is a great show, I've heard, but uh, that's got to be put on the back burner for a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Back burner for Sons of Anarchy, according to the King Bean. Breaking Bad, though. That I truly can't wait for you to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. That is going to be fun. Um, Skyler's currently running Sons of Anarchy right now, according to himself. Brian's watched them all, I'm pretty sure. They love them. Yeah, I've heard it's a great show. And yeah. I've heard people put it in the Game of Thrones Breaking Bad realm. That's some high praise, okay? That's Did some you- high praise. Do you know um, Survivor starts on March 1st? Yes, yeah. I did. Because I remember thinking, like, we're going to have a whole ass another season of Survivor before Big Brother. Yeah, there's that's always two cool. before Big Brother. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. So that'll be a nice way to get us to Big Brother. Now that we're down to – I'm a one-sport ath- – I mean, spring training's going on. But I'm a one-sport athlete right now. Like, I like basketball, but I'm not covering on a day-to-day basis. Um, I have written two Bulls articles in the last three weeks, though. I wrote one about the trade deadline, how they were one of two NBA teams to do nothing. And I wrote one about Lonzo Ball being out for the year. Mm-hmm, that's yesterday. tough, too. That is tough. They stink. Um, 
but yeah, I'm in a Game of Thrones rabbit hole on YouTube. I kind of just want to run some of the episodes. Joey told me to watch it from the beginning. Maybe. Absolutely maybe might do that soon. But I might do it in the summer when I just have baseball and Big Brother on my plate. And like my hockey articles and football articles, those all go during the day rather than at night. When there's active games, most of my articles in that sense are getting written at night. Mm -hmm. So that's why like October to January are like my busiest time because all those, you know, there's lots going on every single day. But um, the summer is a little more relaxed at night. Mm -hmm. Um, But hell yeah. Got a little bit of MCU chatter in there. Some Game of Thrones. Can't wait until you finish season six, too, because they're one of my favorite scenes is in season six right at the end, too. Just some absolute fucking savage yeah, shit. Episode two is pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're at the point where season six is amongst the best. Mm-hmm. Some call it the best. Some call yeah. season four the best. Hell, yeah. They're all good, dude, except season eight. But And season eight's not even bad. It's just it. I was still hungry when the show was over. We Uh-oh. just we just finished Better Call Saul, and I thought it had the perfect ending. Really? Like, the way it ended was, like, the way a show should end. Same thing with Breaking Bad. It ends the way a show should end. Um, I didn't watch every episode of The Sopranos, but I've seen the final episode. Like, that is how a show should end. Like, a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of, dis- like, I don't know what's going to happen, but also, like not just completely lost yeah and so you know we'll see you're gonna like season eight though it's not dreadful you know it's just like i'm excited to see your reaction to it but scatter says sopranos ending is awful oh i I thought it was unique like the screen just going black like he died like he died like that's the end i think i saw it live when it was I, first airing, surprise. I, I remember. I remember. Um, what else are you watching? Got a big uh, weekend of watching shit coming up? Not really. Just the stuff we mentioned. We started Next Level Chef started, which is another Gordon Ramsay um, produced show. I've never watched it. This is, I believe, the second year. Uh, very interesting concept. I like it a lot. I like the unique of it, the unique lativity. It's not a word, but it is to me. Um, of the show, uh, yeah, it was. It's very interesting. I, I enjoyed a lot. Hell yeah! So, not nothing really else, but we'll probably finish Black Panther between now and the end of the weekend, Katie and I, and then we'll be says ready. It was horrible. Nothing we thought it would be. Yeah, she's talking about The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. She watches like Chicago Fire and Chicago Med. And like half pays attention. Well, what's wrong with Chicago Med? You're not a Med guy. I mean, there's a reason nobody, other than my parents and Auntie Judy, talk about it. <laughs> like you never see anyone <laughs> watch those shows. Like you don't see people. You don't see lights, camera, podcast tweet about it. You don't see anyone <laughs> watch this show. And yeah, I said Chicago PD's great. <laughs> That's funny. No, I I I joke with them all the time about that. And obviously it's on the air for a reason people watch it, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I've never watched a single episode. Um the only thing people people beg me to watch people beg me to watch Letter Kenny. Like people like I've had at least 5 people 
like be absolutely flabbergasted that I've never seen a single episode of Letterkenny. And I'm like, why? Just because I'm like the hockey guy? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll watch it eventually, though. Letterkenny. That makes me think of Rick from Red Deer. Spitting chiclets, half Calgary Flames fan, half Edmonton Oilers fan. And when they play each other, he's just looking for a good old time battle of Alberta, drinking some penguin, and watch some Larry Kenny in between the games. Um, yeah, I don't have anything. Uh, Bardownski. Yeah, I've heard of Bardownski. That's isn't that one of the quotes from the show? Letter Kenny. I don't know. They're the hockey guys in it. They like sit down and talk about chicks, beer, and hockey. <laughs> From what I've been told, I've never seen a single episode. I probably will, though. I probably will. I'm sure you will. Um, I need to do She-Hulk, Mrs. Marvel. I still need to do those. I'm caught up on Star Wars, except I have the second half of The Bad Batch to watch. And those are I've easy watched... to pump out. I know. I've watched the first nine episodes. i got to finish it. You've seen it all? No, I'm not caught up on Star Wars really that much. Oh, did you watch Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Did you watch Book of Boba Fett? No. You haven't watched the Book of Boba Fett? I haven't watched Bad Batch, Book of Boba. Bad Batch, you could do whatever you want. Well, I'm I'm watching Clone Wars. You can finish that whenever you want too. I paused Clone Wars to finish Thrones. You can't do Mando, which starts like in two weeks doesn't it start march 1st in a week oh yeah you're right you can't do that without bad batch i I know like you just can't you'll be so confused i'm I'm probably not gonna watch it right away i'm just gonna have to put it on hold for a while damn see mando is the only show that joey and i haven't fucked up yet (laughs) like we watch most of book of boba fett together but i have never watched an episode of mandalorian without joey right next to me (laughs) Like that's the one show we haven't fucked up yet, just through like busyness of our lives. Like mm-hmm. that is like that is an appointment, freaking Mando. But we'll see if we're able to keep that three season streak going. But I'm excited for that. That'll be that'll be exciting. That comes out next next show. I think March first. March first. I'm pretty sure the commercials have been the commercials have been off the hook lately. I saw a couple two tree lightsabers. That's always interesting. I've seen the trailers you... and commercials. They look good. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Frank, I think it's time you make some people some money. Here comes the money. Isn't that a wrestling song? Yeah, Shane McMahon. Sing it. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money, 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 money. Breaking bets. You know who I feel bad for? My mom is watching this right now. I don't get how the fuck her and my dad haven't watched Breaking Bad. They like Chicago Med. They like PD. They like, you know, whatever the Chicago Bakery, whatever the hell it is. They need to watch Breaking Bad. I don't care. That show is for literally everyone. If you like drama, it's the greatest show ever. Like, I don't understand, like, you have no excuse not to watch it. None. 
absolutely none. It is the greatest show ever made. It had a perfect ending. The actors are perfect. She says, you know why I don't? Because it's about drugs. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo drugs. Breaking Bad is unbelievable. The business, the everything with Saul Goodman and, you know, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul are the greatest actors of a TV show ever. That's just closed-minded. It is what it is. Is what it is, VP, huh? Breaking bets, though, on the other hand, everyone tunes into every week. Hot. hot. Seven in a row. If you followed on breaking bets, you would have won seven in a row. Um, back up to 60%. We were eight and ten. Now we're 15 and 10. So keep building it up. Unfortunately, today there's only two picks because the NBA is still on all-star break till tomorrow. There's only three hockey games tonight. So we're working between hockey and uh, college basketball, so I'm only going to do two picks tonight. With the first one being in, involved with the Jets and the Islanders, um, very interesting game we have here. Two opposite conference teams playing each other this year for the first time. I like the under five and a half. That being said, both teams average under three goals given up per games, and the Islanders struggled to score. I might lose you here because it just flickered again. We lost Frankie in the middle of breaking bets. Wow. That's a tough look. You're going 0-4 now. That's a tough look for Mr. Breaking Bets himself. Oh. I can't even imagine. And he was in the middle of saying how his light flickered again and it was going to go out. I warned him. I told him he should have his hotspot ready, but you know, he didn't think that was that was going to uh you know, happen again. Somehow I've survived this whole time. Now I'm worried though because if I go out while he's out, then the show's um but you know, I'll sit here talk while Frankie we wait for Frankie. He hasn't started talking about his bets yet but or he just had started and you know we'll see if he's able to get back in and give people his predictions for the upcoming night of betting and I'm, i don't know if all his bets are going to be for tonight or tomorrow but um i don't know i do want to remind everyone here watching on the barroom network that you could catch <laughs> frankie said unreal number two um you could catch all the great shows here at the Barroom Network over the next couple of days. You got me doing Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. There's been a lot of um, baseball news going on. The spring training is fully underway. Tim Anderson clapping at Chuck Garfine. We're going to get into literally all of it. Um, spring training fully underway. White Sox, Cubs, rest of MLB. I got some Boston Red Sox nuggets that I'm excited to share with the folks. Um, Pedro Grafal, first ever training camp as a major league manager. I'm excited to get everybody back into that. And then the rest of the shows, Science Fiction just aired. They had their Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania thing. And then, you know, the rest of the shows covering the NFL draft coming up. I know Neil Stopchinski and the crew have a bunch of paid content for the draft that you can get excited for. So make sure you watch all the shows here at the Barroom Network. And Frankie is back. Yeah, I'm back. As I was saying. Which a Walmart-ass connection. I like Freaking the under Kmart, Kmart router you have under five and a half goals per game at minus 125. Both teams average giving up three goals 
or less per game, and the Islanders struggled to score, and they actually averaged less uh, than three goals a game to score. Um, and these teams, like I said, have only played each other twice a year. This is their first meeting this year. So I expect it to take a fairly good amount of time before, you know, things start getting cooking in this matchup. So I expect a low scoring game. I like the under five and a half at minus 125. Second pick I got is in college basketball. Kentucky is playing Florida. I like Florida plus two and a half at minus 110. Kentucky's coming off a huge Tennessee win. They'll be coming to this game on a high, but Florida will be looking for revenge. Um, the last meeting this year, which took place uh, about a week or two ago, I think, uh, Kentucky held their own, or no, Florida held their own, uh, only losing by five, and that was in Kentucky. This time around, the game will be played in Florida. I think it should be even tighter, with Florida potentially taking the win. So we'll take the two and a half points with Florida at minus 110. Those are my only two picks for you this week. So let's see what they could do. Very good. Very good. My lights are really flickering now. This is unlike because we're both dealing with it. It's unlike anything we've ever dealt with on this podcast before. Yeah, you're next, VP. I'm next. You went out twice. Yeah, but it never, it just flickered. I never lost power. Like, yeah, but you went out. It like jolted. So, like, everything, the jolt of the internet going out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the router never fully reset. No, I get it. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on this quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If your router, I guess, went completely off, it'd be yeah. like five minutes in between each yeah. time. Uh, you, Yeah, you did well. You did well. It was a good show. Yeah. Um, Man, we talked about a lot. We talked about Wayne Gretzky for 50 minutes. Then we talked about the NHL, had our little pop culture corner, and then Frankie won you all some money. Okay. Here comes the money. Money. Here comes the money. We got people in the chat bragging about how their lights haven't flickered. Well, pin a rose on your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Totally joking. Hope everybody's power stays completely intact. Uh, Yeah, you could read my work, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, DeWindyCity.com, PuckPros.com, BlackAndTeal.com. And, of course, don't forget SouthsideShowdown.com and PucksAndPitchforks.com. Frank, you don't have my OG two sites written on that little, little thing there. No. My OG two sites. I have a a White Sox and a Devil sticker on my computer for a reason. Those are the two fan sided sites. I thought they were on here. Started with they are on there somewhere. I'm totally giving you crap, but I do cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, New Jersey Devils, and all the Chicago sports teams across multiple different fan sided pages. You can go read those right now. We have been off the hook covering things. I have a piece that is about to publish on Black and Teal. Right, excuse me. Right when we get off here. Uh, it's about tight ends in the draft. So if Evan Ingram does, in fact, leave the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have plenty of options to consider. I wrote a piece about Michael Mayer from Notre Dame possibly going to Jacksonville, which would be really, really cool for me. But, you know, it, options other than Michael Mayer, those are the ones that you can read about. Even if you're just a Bears fan thinking of drafting tight ends or if you're just a draft aficionado in general and want to read up on some tight ends that are going to be drafted here upcoming in the next coming months, this is the piece for you to read. So go check it out. It'll be posted probably by like 4.30, 4.45, depending on how quickly Frank so and you're I. you're at the bottom. Bottom of what? Scrolling across the bottom. Pucks and Pittsworks, Southside Showdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, plenty of White Sox spring training stuff, too. Uh, I've been going hard at the Blackhawks for DeWindy City. I've kind of neglected Cubs spring training a little bit, but it's like, you know, one of those things where the Blackhawks and Bears have been getting more of my attention. That's what the Cubs writers are for. Um, 
but I'll I'll be hitting the Cubs spring training as we get into the weekend. Um, Bears draft too. Frankie's work can all be found at apptrigger.com. Of course, lots and lots and lots of Hogwarts legacy gameplay opinion stuff like that so make sure you check out frank's work and follow him on twitter at the king bean i'm at vinnie parisi on twitter frank you have anything left for the people before we let them go potato that's our show frankie leaves you with potato (laughs) i leave you with potato and as always thank you for listening Thank you.